Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 301. 301! One more than 300. <laughs> we rounded we're, the curve. We're just going to keep on celebrating. <laughs> we made that 300 journey. We're going to milk it for all we can. We're up until 399. We're going to be like 300 and something. Very. I almost said 200 something because I've been using doing no. that for the past. 301. Yeah, and with that, we sure went back to our old ways in this one. I don't think we ever strayed, even in the last one. There were just extra people here. (laughs) Which proves that when we have another person, it writes the ship a little bit more than us going left and right. Yeah. But uh, we had, once again, some comic books to review. Yes. We didn't have a lot of news to talk about. No. But we did have fun overall. Yes. So... Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 301. They really Phoenix forced that one. Ha! <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties. It's a cold one out there today. I don't know what that's from. Oh my god, it's the best movie ever. You're probably going to say it, and I'm sure I've seen it, but as I've said before, men have a special place in their brain where they keep movie information forever. Yeah, that's true. And women do not, women keep more important things in their brain, like when all our bills are due and how much money we have in our bank account. (laughs) Guaranteed you heard the line multiple times in this movie. Probably. What is it? Groundhog's Day. Ah, it's been a very long time since I've seen that When he wakes up and it's the first thing that happens on the radio. All right. And then they have a a share song. Yes. About you, babe. All right. Yeah, that fucking Groundhog can die now i think i i love that thing you it's, do yeah i love snow i love winter you're insane i hate cold i mean i'm not that insane okay i had to drive here today and you almost didn't have a co-host you were this is almost a solo show today <laughs> we did get dumped on and that was something i didn't notice until i looked up when you said something I go, wow yeah, that's a lot of snow in one night. It was a lot of snow, mm. fucking Michigan. And apparently there's, what, six more weeks of it? Mm-hmm. Because a groundhog somewhere saw something that scared it, and we assume it's its shadow and not the thousands of people standing around it. <laughs> <laughs> so I never understood why, I mean, I've even looked up the meaning behind everything, yeah. but why, like how, like it's, why? It's... it's stupid, like most things Americans do. <laughs> There's no reason behind it other than we get to talk about it for fucking the rest of the winter. <laughs> I think part, I mean, I think partly too, because, I mean, it is the reason why it's because then he's going to back to sleep for another uh, six weeks. So it's going to be cold still. So uh, he runs back in. I guess that does kind of make sense. But. Because animals can predict things. Here's the thing, though, is like, the. Weather isn't the same in every single part of this country. Oh, no. He predicts it for everywhere. <laughs> so, California is also getting six more weeks of winter. <laughs> Good luck with that, L.A. Yeah. 
pink traffic well, is bad now. <laughs> I saw, uh, there's a picture I shared on our Facebook post of a single, single little snowflake falling on the, the street. Oh my God, I can't, don't know how to drive I suddenly anymore. forgot how to drive. Yes. And it, that is hilarious because every single time it starts snowing, every single person who's driving looks at every single person around them and goes, fucking people don't know how to drive. Like, it never snows here. And it's not even the it, about the beginning of the season. It happens when we get a thaw, mm-hmm. and then a week later, we get new snow. Right. They just forgot it yes. in the last week. The funny thing about that is, is everybody is saying it, which means at some point in time, we're also the assholes that forgot how to drive. Uh, fuck that. No, I know how to drive. <laughs> I am definitely not one of those assholes. <laughs> okay. There are other people that, yeah. Pump your brakes, everybody. That's the what you fucking do. I don't understand the people who slam on their brakes and expect their car to stop suddenly. <laughs> That's not how it works. Little tip. Little winter driving tip from Lynn's. Yeah. Fucking pump your brakes. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Well, besides the weather, we have an amazing show planned out today. Yes. We were... After 300, <laughs> we're just going strong from there. We spent all week planning and reading and looking up news and talking back and forth about what we're going to talk about. Every week. Yeah. So well planned. I did read a couple uh, books this week, um, but I don't want to dwell on them too much because, I I don't know, I'm just not feeling like the need to like fully review. You don't have to. So let's. So, okay. Let's start with your first one. All right. So, uh. Dark Knight's Metal, okay. number six. Right. And this or five, is, I mean. How many of they're doing eight, right? No, because uh, I thought they were doing eight at first, but then all of a sudden they, um, in the in the last page, it was like, you know, to be concluded in number six. Oh. In which case, I, I then, I don't know, I guess they're doing six. Okay. But uh, I will say after what happened in this issue... I'm going to have to read one of the fucking tie-ins, because normally I, I don't always do right. that, unless it coincides with something I am reading. I guess so I did pick up another, I picked up, there was a single issue. The Signal? Hawk, Hawkman. Oh, the Hawkman found. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. I mean, I've never really been a Hawkman right. fan. I mean, well, I mean, they've been there, it's cool, but like their whole mythos and everything, I'm learning so much yeah. through this little series than I ever thought I cared to know. However, so, yeah, this one ends on a bang, and holy shit, uh, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. We finally find out what the goal is of Barbados, and, I mean, we kind of always knew it. It wants to bring Earth down into the neither realm, into the dark worlds. So we knew that, but the how, Mm. and we learn the how with a center of the earth with some gun that's supposed to power things and or the and then the forge and all these different places that the heroes are kind of been split up at so there's like i said a lot of stuff going on um very scott snyder rewriting oh very much so because he knows how to build a story and like you think when you read something written by scott snyder you think that you just have to pay attention to the main points like you do with most books, but literally you have to pay attention to every single detail that he puts into a book because it all fucking matters at some point in time. That's what makes him one of the greatest. Well, I love, yeah, small little details mm-hmm. that pay off later. Mm-hmm. So in particular, they were trying to find 
um, Hawkman's uh, battle mace, and Diana found it, and there were some cool, interesting uh, parts that, and actually this is where the part that I really want to talk about, the Batman who laughs, like, is oh my, my favorite. Best well, new character ever. And I mean, he's kind of the one that's carrying this story yeah. out of all the the evil Batman. But the other ones start showing up. Now, I do know within some of the other tie-ins, we've seen uh, what has happened in some of the major cities that they took over. Because in their individual issues, when they came to um, our world, or, you know, the main DC's world... You saw them kind of taking over whatever counterpart that they were. Yeah, there was there was all those single issues where they battled each other, but also gave you the backstory of that villain. Yep. So they so you've now see, there's the continuation of those in the other individual um, things. So yes, there's a scene where Diana's fighting Black Adam, and then the Batman who laughs shows up. And it is one of the most not gruesome by... It's pretty much her tiara flying in the air with just blood. Yeah. Meaning she had a hell of a headshot. And I'm just like, damn. It's so powerful of... Especially, too, just her explaining how she's pretty much invulnerable, this and that. Right, and then, yeah. Except for to certain metals. Right. That is the one thing that I feel like I've never truly understood about the DC universe is how much they've talked about metals in other books because it just seems weird right I mean I'd rather them say energy source or some random I, I don't know I guess maybe though it's me being just a little bit different because infinity stones is no different than like metals metals yeah but it's just weird because it's metals mm-hmm. um the nth metal and you got the last of that or there's a drop of this in this Batarang, so it's more powerful. Yeah. Like, what makes this metal so special? You don't really need to get into it, but that page in of itself—it's amazing. First of all, I'd like to comment on how I love when she hits Black Adam in the face with the mace and she yells "Shazam." I'm just like picturing that happening in my head, and it sounds like it would look pretty <laughs> like amazing in real life. But yes, the it just goes to show you that you don't need to have a lot going on in a on a in a picture to really get it, the effect across on what's going on. Fucking Greg Capullo. Yeah. <laughs> and th- very interesting because this obviously ends with a lot of the heroes being overwhelmed. Right. And, uh, and how are they going to get out of this situation? But when they raised the dead or the Barbados raised his, you know, darkness and everything, it was interesting to see not only are there other Batmen, but there are other Wonder Women, Wonder Women. and probably other Aquaman and yeah, the, uh, the alternate versions from the other alternate realities of all the superheroes. Yeah, because even though some of those uh, worlds were um, taken over by their respective Batman, obviously it seems like she and because the Batman who laughs was kind of just talking about how she's always always tried more. She's always been like the key in all the things. He was saying how, you know, in some worlds we were uh, together. Some worlds, you know, we were whatever. Some worlds we had children. He's like, and I wrote down all their names before I killed them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) you said that nonchalantly. And I'm like, damn, dude. He's so evil. He is so evil. 
He's so evil. He's, he's more evil than, than Joker, Joker could ever think of being. And that just goes to show you how lucky the DC Universe is, the main one, that Batman went good. Because when he is bad, holy fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's a good run. This cover, too, is amazing with the little, what do you call those? Uh, uh, oh, tarot cards? Tarot cards, yeah, with all their heads on pikes, basically. Yeah, then I didn't even give away half of what went in this uh, book. Yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's once again, it's, so good. It's really good. If, I mean, you know, if you didn't get at that from us in the past reviews, then... You need to go buy all of them now and read them. Honestly, this week for me was a low pull list, so I really didn't have many to read. Yeah. Because I'm like, God, am I going to talk? No, I just want to talk briefly about it, which I feel like I... That was a short review for Tony. (laughs) I'll just stop right here before it gets longer, but yeah. All right. So what else you got? Because the book I read, that's going to be a lengthy discussion because you also have opinions on it. So we can get into it now if you want, but I feel like... Yeah, because I really didn't read much uh, else. I just got to lose in the book, really. All right. So, spoilers. I'm going to put this out because if you haven't read The Phoenix Resurrection yet, we are going to get into our personal opinions on this book and it will probably give the ending away. No, it's definitely going to give the ending away. So if you don't want to know how this comic book ends because you haven't read it yet, skip forward like 20 minutes because that's probably how long we're going to spend talking on this. Maybe less. I don't know. Give it 20 minutes. Maybe you're (laughs) going to talk about it a lot because you have... I have feelings. Yeah. (laughs) So the last book of The Phoenix Resurrection came out this week. And... As I said last week, I have been disappointed in this run, and I feel like this last book didn't save it at all. I mean, a little bit. There's a couple things I really liked about this book. Most of them were art-based. The story in and of itself, I thought, was kind of disappointing, and I felt like it was really rushed, which was weird because I felt like the first three issues were really slow. And then the last two were super rushed to get through. I didn't feel like there was any continuity in between all of them. The whole, the kids, like, psychically, like, uh, backwards was, yeah, like, they... Rise from Dead or something like that. Okay. I thought that was be a little more ominous. Right. People randomly showing up that they're battling. Thought a little more ominous. And then you have this dome that came out of nowhere. Right. It just seemed really... So they never really okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make some assumptions here because they never talk about what hap- like why all that happened. So my assumption is with the people that they were fighting and the kids and the what I can only assume was a young Jean Grey at the in the first issue with those kids <clears throat> was Jean's psyche trying to fight against what was going on without her knowing it. So it was like leaking from this egg. Okay, I no, and I can believe that. I just, I do want to say that it was a, the thought is, they usually say a thought that counts, but not in, if you have piss poor execution. <laughs> I do understand what the thought was, was a different way to bring Gene back. It was a, definitely a different way to, to bring her Phoenix back. To have the Phoenix do it, right. which was kind of interesting, but at the same point, so that means the Phoenix Force was already here on Earth, and somehow... 
None of the, no one else. Well, we, no, we did know that. Oh the, yeah, we because did because in Young Jean Grey, yeah. she knew it was coming back, and she was trying to get a hold of that. And I, I'm not caught up on that at all, and I need to get. But she in the first couple issues of the standalone Jean Grey series, she was attempting to contact everyone that had ever had an interaction with, like a personal interaction with the Phoenix Force, to figure out how she could fight it. I mean, it turns out she didn't need to because it wasn't really coming for her. Anyway. Killed her because she was an imposter. Yeah. yeah. So, when did it make this egg thing? Right. I mean, I understand the whys, too. It was trying to get Jean to then accept her. Right. But it just, it was terrible. They wanted to make it seem like some otherworldly place, which, okay, they succeeded in that. Right. But there could have been so much better things. Yeah. There was, to for me... There was not enough fight. So, like, the the X-Men team goes to the egg. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, I think I mentioned it briefly in the last podcast. The Phoenix had basically created this force field shaped like an Truman egg. Show type world. Around, yeah, basically that's exactly what it is. To try and raise Jean to a point where she would be accepting of the Phoenix Force and not fight it. Um, so then the X-Men show up and they go inside this egg and there's not for a force that's ultra powerful. And I get that it's more powerful when it's in somebody, but for a force that's ultra powerful, like they didn't have to do much. They just kind of had to show up and literally Logan, honestly, is the only person that needed to be there. Very much so. He, man, when he sliced the other, the, yeah. Phoenix, yeah, impersonating her, her the person. friend that died when she was that yeah. made her manifest her powers in the first place. Yeah, and the fact that she remembered like instantly after that too, like it was very quick. Like it was like she went from knowing nothing to everything. There was no build to it, and there was no confusion. And that's the see that's the one thing I have to say about. The Justice League movie, because it's kind of a very similar concept, right? Because when they brought Superman back to life, he went crazy for a minute because he couldn't remember shit and he had all these powers and stuff and they had to fight him and he was way more powerful than them and he was whooping their asses and it wasn't until Lois showed up that he kind of like came to his senses a little bit. Like there was none of that in this book and I kind of wish that there was just a tiny little bit more of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it would have been awesome to see Jean get the Phoenix Force inside of her, but also be still really confused about what's going on and, like, what would happen because of that. But there was not that. (laughs) (laughs) It just was her accepting the fact that she was Jean and she used to be dead and now she's not. But when the Phoenix Force took her over, she did get a fucking awesome new costume, which I'm very excited about because that means there'll be more toys for me to buy. Um, but it so she's it's her black and red Phoenix costume, which is fucking badass. But I don't even think that's what she ended up with at no. the end of this. No, either. she ended up with the Marvel Girl outfit on. Yeah, because it just it it changed so much. The the one one of the greatest panels that I thought was where there's like four different. Um, panels that showed the same her talking to the Phoenix, but it changed the like different suits that she had mm-hmm. and the different times Locations that she had them. and stuff, yeah. And I thought that was really cool, but it was also a little bit too much magic-y. 
I mean, looking at the Phoenix Forces, like, you can pretty much do anything you want when you have that. Right. As well as her and her psyche. It, it didn't feel... I don't know. It felt a little bit out of place, especially with everything else that was going on yeah. as well. I mean, it was cool, and it made good story, but there's... I don't I, like a talking Phoenix Force. Like, I'm just going to flat out get into the biggest <laughs> well, reason why I hate this. To be fair, it probably wasn't actually talking. She is telepathic. But she's... The entity that it is, is one of those more powerful beings that when they, they act or when they... The abstracts of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. like that, their outlook on everything is way different than a human understanding. Right. They are not... I want to say not that petty, but then again, Odin really is. So I guess you can even throw in a little bit of that. But the way that this phoenix is acting seems as if this is not the same phoenix that has been there before. Right. It's probably tired. It hasn't had a good host in a while, I think is one of the things. But she did. She was able to, like, the way that they got rid of the phoenix force, and I don't know if it's gone or if it just went away, because that's unclear at the end of this, but she does make it go away. Um, she literally just fucking talks it away, which is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. There needs to be like a Superman punch or something. And like... it's also like, I mean, it's, it's, it was kind of nice because she, she basically like accepted the fact that this had been a part of her, but she didn't want it anymore. And, but she literally just explained it away. And in my head, I was like, well, she could have done this a long time ago. Like, she didn't have to die. <laughs> she could have just asked yeah, yeah. it nicely to go away before, and clearly it would have. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I Well, and it was getting smaller and smaller yeah. in the panels and everything. It, yeah. It, like I said, that left me kind of like, what the fuck? Right. So. Anticlimactic. It was very anticlimactic, and the fact that Jean's back, I'm very excited about. The other thing that I'm very excited about is the, the page. So, there's a page before this um, in the book. The Phoenix is starting to bring back all the people from the dead that she knows, and she knows that it's not real. So she's getting Jean's getting really agitated by it, and she gets to the point where she just yells, but "No!" They are, aren't they real? Well, they are real. Turns out, but. She knows that it's, like, a trick, basically. Like, the phoenix isn't going to bring him back to life for forever. Um, but she does this, like, psychic blast, which the young Jean Grey could do, and the old Jean Grey could not. So she has manifested the power... You don't think at any point in time she's done that? Not, like... No. Because when the young Jean Grey unleashed this power, everybody was like, oh my god, Jean has never been able to do that before. Oh, okay. It's a new power. And it's not a new power, it's just Jean had always been so inhibited that she just never used it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the fact that she did this means that the cool new power that the young Jean Grey got, the old Jean Grey will have now, too. Which is kind of cool, because it is a fucking badass power. Um, and then the Phoenix bringing back Cyclops... Yeah, I thought, oh, wow, this, okay, that was a surprise to me. And yeah. I go, I, okay, I agree with this, and this resurrection. And the fact that it was real. Yeah. She knew it was real because she's psychic. Yep, and then also, like, she was able to pull back his eye beam so he could yep. open his eyes, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, that's so cute. But then, yeah, holy shit, I did not see them just kill him, which then yep. it felt wasted. I know, I Out know. of any time to resurrect him, yeah. this would have been the time. Yeah. 
and it, and they could even explain how he had the Phoenix Force in him at one point. Right. If this was an acceptance from the Phoenix saying, "Okay, then I'll leave you alone. Here's a parting gift." Right. All that would have seemed a lot better than the, ha ha, I'm fooling you, and Gene being like, "I'm strong enough to not take yeah. this, even though it's what I really want." Like. I'm sorry, but I think given tempting of power and a loved one, you're always going to choose the loved one. Yeah, you would think, but I think that's the whole point of this book is that she's kind of past the point where, I mean, that's what she's done every single time is choosing the loved one. Like, that is what she has done, and she ends up dying every single fucking time. So... At so one, now that he's broke the cycle, now that... She says at one point in time, I just want to live. Like, I just want to live my life. That's all I want to do. I want to live a life and then die at, like, a normal point <laughs> in my life. So, that, it makes sense if she's going to be alive. I'm glad that she also didn't die at the end of this. Because I would have been pissed. Oh, that would have been the worst. <laughs> I would have been so mad. Oh, my God. I would have been so mad at Matt Rosenberg. <laughs> I... So I really still want to see now that Logan is coming back and everything, or not Logan, but yeah, Logan, yeah. regular Wolverine, yeah. that it finally happens with yeah. those two. Wait for a brief little yeah. something or other. I think it'll take some time. I mean, it's going to be weird because they were both dead, right? Yeah, so it's their bonding moment. <laughs> Maybe Wolverine could be like, "Let's, we've been dead. Let's create some life." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So overall, the story would have been better, definitely. Um, my expectations were also very high because of you know my intense love for Jean Grey. So, but the ends are good. <laughs> You're gonna say just for the me? No, the ends are good because she's back. Uh, I kind of wish she was going to stick with the costume she ended up in, which was her Marvel Girl, cos- Marvel Girl costume. But if the back page signifies anything, she's going to be, like, the main in X-Men Red, which makes sense. Yeah. But that costume is fucking terrible. Sorry, Marvel. Yeah, it, that costume is terrible. It reminds me a bit of... Um, the fucking X-Men animated series one, except instead of being blue and orange, it's fucking... No, what's a fire guy from um, DC? Um, Firestorm. Yeah, with his health, like the like the way that the the mm. mask is kind of yeah. With the imagine the hair being yeah. fireish. She but she used to have a costume like that where the hair came out of the top. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. terrible. <laughs> well, just like the shoulder pad, like it's, I don't know. it's all. It's just I hope God, I fucking like. I just don't get it. Why does her hair need to come out of the top of it? Do you know how dangerous that is? I shut my hair in a car door every fucking day. <laughs> well, what does the what does this? Well, maybe maybe if they explain that it's some sort of inhibitor for telekinesis, but there's no reason that you need to wear a weird uh, helmet type device. Yeah, if no. it's not protecting your noggin where right. your hair's coming out. Right. Exactly. It's just costumes like this are weird. It's just like but. cool looking design like uh, Gambit always had. Yeah, I guess. I don't. It doesn't do it serve any it, purpose. Doesn't protect your identity. No. no, no, not at all. It's just it's weird looking. I don't. Sorry, sorry. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever drew this, I don't like it. Well, I will say what was a bit better than this was Jean Grey number eleven. I know. Don't Which, give me away. Don't give away the ending because. Well, I kind of have to because I have to explain why right. it's better. All right, all right, all right, all 
But also why it's also batshit crazy. And it has to do with the fucking Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix is a fucking story wrecker. Pretty much so. Yeah. The way, well, it's just the way that they are writing it as, as I said before, a character. It is a being of supreme cosmic oh, yeah. power. Even Galactus, who has his hunger and everything, doesn't seem to have this much... Uh, it's chaos. Wanting and stuff. He just mm-hmm. does what he knows he needs to do. Right. Um, the Living Tribunal will say when he needs to talk. The Phoenix Force before didn't really it, it just did that's the and that's the crazy thing is it's supposed to be like life and death like the power of life and death but like why <laughs> <laughs> it literally only ever fucks with the x-men and maybe some random planets here and there and it's killed a lot of shit and we only just recently saw it ever bring anything back to life well maybe they're trying to show a different aspect of it but it I mean, it's going to show up again. It yeah, always does. It does. So it's not like it's, oh, I'm done with Eugene Gray. You had a, you gave me a good talk. I learned my yeah. lesson. <laughs> I'm going to go forever now. <laughs> so with what happened in the last uh, Jean Gray book, though, when young Jean Gray, pretty much the Phoenix Force, incinerated her, she wakes up in a demon-type world, and she's like, I'm in hell. Like, she, she's mm. died. And this is how this entire book went, which was amazing on some fronts, but then also, for me, I'm like, okay, this is the Phoenix fucking with with young Jean, because she goes to many different worlds and many different places and starts battling many different people, and when she's, like, thinking, like, I know this a bit, I know this is somewhere, um, all these people have feather hair, I'm in a Shi'ar place... She keeps seeing... She's in, like, one with Sentinels, which is Rachel's future. Oh, so it's, like, all the histories of people who have had the Phoenix Force inside of Yep, and that's when Jean starts... And me as a reader, I'm like, okay, this is kind of unfolding in an interesting way, but also it's feeling forced, because then she'd get... one of. It's almost like a cartoon where, like, get punched off the page, and then you are in this other world. Like, there wasn't some magical portals, really. It was... Mm. But then again, this is her mindscape, right. so it could happen that way. But it felt a little jarring when she was getting to the different... Uh, Did you think that was on purpose, though? Because that's probably also how she felt. But she, but it seemed like, though, that she... Yes, it, it probably was. But I thought she should have gotten her clue a couple right. couple yeah. worlds warped in before. Well, if we know anything about young Jean Grey, it's that it, sometimes it takes her a while to get to things. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> this one's way better than the last one. And yeah, she does her 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 <laughs> yeah. sonic uh, yeah. blast and stuff. But I thought it was interesting because you know they don't talk a lot about um, besides the Summerses and stuff and who've had it. The Phoenix Force. Um, I forget his name, but he was one of the first because the Shi'ar used to always get the Phoenix Force. Yeah. They looked after it and mm. it would inhabit one of their bodies. Um, and this guy that. Um, forget his name within the comic books but he was he was a phoenix force wielder as well yeah he um they actually did i think it was in the astonishing x-men run that jazz whedon did they did this whole storyline where rachel meets him okay and they kind of have this thing because they bonded over the fact that they both had possessed the phoenix force at some point in time it was pretty interesting and i thought for sure that something was going to come of it and it never did 
There was in like really it should have given her when she wakes up with all the other younger X Men and they're back, mm. you know, back in the day, back there, and then she starts to realize, oh, okay, there's something going on, and then of course here comes the Phoenix, and. It's like you're no fiend, or she realizes where she's in. She's at. She's in the white hot room. Ah, yes. So at least they did draw that in. Where all like what genes we, go to die. Pretty yes. much so. Well, it's where yeah, there's fragments of their their consciousness mm-hmm. in there, and I guess it was kind of cool to reveal that it's how the phoenix keeps in touch with all of them ish, but it kept saying you know you're no you're no phoenix you're not a host you don't belong here. And then Jean just going, yeah, I don't want to be here. You're the one that fucking burned me up, and then I just showed up here. Right. And she's just trying to say, I want to break free, you know? And it it just was, again, the, the giant talking firebird. It should have been more imposing. It's It felt like it was right. yelling at her like a little schoolgirl. But you see some... Uh, Corvus. That's the guy's oh, name. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Thank you for looking that up. But um, I like that she starts taking control because she is a psychic and Mm -hmm. she can do this. And if this is how her, the rest of her life is going to be going over, battling all these different places. But she's like, I want to choose. And then, um, do not think that you have defeated me. Like... No, this is what's killing me. However, what was really nice, and this is what getting at towards the end is, she's like, I don't want to fulfill some stupid this or that. You know, um, it's my life. I can choose what I want. And this was a cool page of her being resurrected. Mm. So, as with, you know, what we haven't seen a lot is the phoenix saving people. Right. Which, again, going back to the other book, why didn't the Phoenix Force just resurrect Jean then? Why now? Right. Exactly. (laughs) And since I haven't been really reading some of the the X-Men, though, like, I guess, you know, they're holed up in Madripoor right now. Well, that's where she, at the beginning of her series, that's where she was at, was Madripoor. Yep, and she just wanted to go take a nap, but then, who look who showed up? Uh, So now there are two Jeans. That'll be interesting. And, and I do think that that's going to be interesting. I do. Because it's... The way Marvel does shit like this is like... Even though the new gene... Even though the young gene is in the present, that's not the old gene's past gene. So it's not going to interfere with these... Third, like, what young gene does isn't going to change old gene's memories or anything like that. It's just really weird to me. <laughs> Time travel. I know. It's so crazy. Because, honestly, the young Jean Grey is the Jean Grey that should have been the Jean Grey this whole fucking time. And she, as a character, would have been infinitely more powerful had that young Jean Grey been the source for Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. And knowing that just pisses me off. <laughs> well, what pisses me off about this is how the Phoenix Force is like, no, you're not the real Jean Grey. Fuck, she isn't. They explained so much when yeah. Beast took them. These are the exact duplicates yeah. of who they are. So, this is exactly who that Jean right. Grey is in Molecule and everything. We have to remember, though, anytime Professor Xavier is involved in fucking anything, you know it somehow got fixed. 
So even though the young X-Men are now in the future, they're still probably fucking X-Men in the past doing all the shit that they needed to do. And somehow that's going to get retconned, right? And that's why things turn out the way they did, because these weren't the real X-Men. They got taken to the future. So I had to make weird-ass copies of, of them. And that's why Gene wasn't as powerful, and that's why Cyclops turned out to be a dick. And <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> so, who knows? Professor Xavier always is... So I'm wondering, so we have um, adult Gene on yes. the red team. Yes. If we'll have the, the younger Gene, like maybe on the blue team, so we'll have red Gene and blue Gene. <laughs> I'm going to be so torn on which Gene to follow. I do, I do. I, well, I'm more interested in the, the journey or how this adult Gene's going to be. Yeah. I've grown to like the young Gene, but. Yeah, she is a separate character now, though. It is. Com- she's completely different. She's like hope. Where is she at? She was in that book. I what? But I'm saying. Yeah. That's how I transpose. Yeah. How I always imagined hope to be. Right. Was like a resurrected gene. Right. Right. And how they could have done so much better with when they zapped young Gene out, used that body as a catalyst. I mean, obviously they want to do something with having two genes in the world. I don't know, my my armchair thinking writing of how I could have made it better would have been interesting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they take it. I don't know. (laughs) As a Jean fan, I'm happy she's back. And I really liked that costume that they put her in for a hot minute. Um, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's all. So okay. Was that about 20 minutes that we spent on Gene? Yeah. Yeah. See, I was right. <laughs> Hopefully this is where you fast forwarded to. <laughs> <laughs> when you start, uh, something I've always wanted, like picking a random character and doing like a expose on them. Oh, like a hard-hitting journalistic expose. Yeah. Even, you know, that's too much thinking, but like making it even like, you know, the, the guy, um... Fuck, I forget his name. The beginning of like unsolved mysteries. Oh, Robert his, Stack. Yeah, his voice. Oh you know, my god. We have a tale, a tale of the phoenix. <laughs> the tale of life and death. Yeah, they should be really obscure characters, though. That'd be fun. Like super obscure. Uh, I have a lot of obscure ones in my head. Show all my nerdy knowledge. There you go. All right, we're gonna do that. Alright. Write it down. You have to tell me ahead of time so I will actually research it, though. Because if you give me homework, I'll do it. Oh, really? <laughs> it has to be very specific. Like, you can't just say, Lindsay, you Get need to tweet more followers. this week. <laughs> Get us a million followers. That's pretty specific. <laughs> and obtainable. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell my bosses, is it an obtainable goal you're yeah. going to give me? Because if it's not obtainable, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It's just very clear. <laughs> So yeah, do we have any news this week? There's not really a lot. No. Um, it's a down week, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Seems like a lot of the news recently is like, this movie's gonna suck, or here's a bunch of spoilers from this next movie. It's movie news more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Stan Lee was in the hospital. Oh god, that was actually huge news. Yeah. 
He's getting up there, so every time he goes into the hospital, it's... It could be that. It could be the the end, the time, I the legit, end times. I legit... I don't go to bed till late at night, so I was up late when I saw that, and I'm like, the next morning, I'm checking all news feeds of, like, is there anything of his death? Like, He's doing better. But I think I explained it uh, on his birthday, but... He can't die. He his birthday is the same as my mom, so it always reminds me. Oh, I gotta call my mom. It's Stanley's birthday. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Something that uh, I don't understand how it's possible that I'm done with The Walking Dead. You say that, but we all know it's not true. It. All right. So Kirkman came out to say, you know. He's not dead yet. Yeah. But Carl, which... If you're trying to do this dumb fuckery of, like, tricked ya, yeah. this person could die but didn't, like, that's not good writing. No. It's just a way to get cheap, you super ratings. Yeah. yeah. So... The kid who plays Carl supposedly was going to quit the show to go to college. And that's why... I assumed he was going to die earlier than what he had. But then he decided not to and actually bought a house down around there yeah. when he was told that Dan said of, this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. So he wasn't really planning on leaving. And he's finally starting to show the badass side of him from the comic books in the show. Great. But... They've kind of made it where you, once you're bitten, you're pretty much fucked unless you're going to... Cut off a limb and you yeah. can't cut off your torso. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I really think now this is more Kirkman trying to get people to remember, hey, don't don't forget, you know, watch, tune in. Maybe yeah. he's not dead. Right. Maybe he is. Um, maybe he didn't actually get bit. Maybe that's somebody... Maybe they just puked blood onto his torso and that's just puked zombie blood. Well, it's kind of like the... the um, <laughs> The dumpster, Glenn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was just terrible too. Like, I'm sorry if I'm a zombie. Oh, I'm just gonna eat this random guts that's on the guts of this person. Yeah. Like, no, I'm gonna also be like, oh, the head's moving or yeah. his arms moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fresh flesh. So all I have to say about this is Carl got shot in the head and he lived in a time where there's literally no fucking doctors or antiseptic. <laughs> And he should have died from infection a long fucking time ago. Or at least been really fucking dumb at this point in time because of the brain damage that would have happened from getting shot in the fucking eyeball. Maybe he truly is key to the series and he's like the one immune. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's where they're going to take it. Is he's immune to the bites somehow. Well, or like half his brain was already kind of blown off so he's like half dead so right. he can't turn full dead. Yeah. That would be a weird ass way to take it. I know, and it's it wouldn't definitely fit with not everything the way they did going the comic book. But you could have someone that does have a cure, and I know that they'll never truly say how the zombie out- outbreak started. But he's never said anything about how it could end. Mm-hmm. And at least in the comic book side, having you know Carl be so important to Rick and Rick always saving him. If later on they find out, holy shit, you're immune. We really need to save you now, right? It, it, it does make it more important. It could it, it could be interesting. I don't want that to happen. I do want the world to just no cure whatsoever and right. And that's just be if so. If enough people can 
here's my theory on zombies. Um, eventually they'll just rot away, right? Because they are, they They're do rot. To. They're supposed to just eventually just rot away. Um, so if you can avoid, if enough people can avoid getting bit and turned into zombies for long enough, eventually all the zombies will just rot away and you'll just have people again until they die, I guess, because you would still have the virus, but you just have to start shooting all your dead in the head, which you would know to do because they would turn into zombies otherwise. So, you know, in my head, there is an end <laughs> to it eventually. It might take a while, but eventually there is an end spot for this. Yeah, whether we get there comic book wise or it's something totally new. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Call. Uh, <laughs> I do. They they really shit on that one yeah. in the in the show. Yeah. I mean, you never in the comic books. I never thought of Carl as being a whiny little bitch, but oh, he was a big whiny bitch. In yeah, the, in the first couple seasons, and even even recently, like, and then every time he tries to like be a badass, you're watching it and you're like, it's Carl, come on, we all know you're not that guy. Let's <laughs> nice try though. So, uh, two things about Black Panther. One that's kind of positive. So, Hasbro has unveiled a Black Panther mask. Okay. For adults. Oh. Normally, those things are, like, a little too small because they're to fit kids' heads right. and everything. And it's a pretty cool-looking mask. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I probably will not... I'll buy it. But yeah, you'll totally I'm buy trying it. Trying to pretend that I don't. whether you'll wear it out or not is a whole other story. Well, I have so many, I have a ton of like Star Wars, like different. I like collecting masks. It's yeah, like, still need my Power Rangers mask. I, I feel like you that. could end that sentence. I like collecting with just about anything. <laughs> True, <laughs> but I do like seeing more. Um, Stuff made for adults, right? For, for me, yes, for you to justify that I and can people buy like it. You be yes. like, no, it's an adult toy. It's not a kid yes. toy. But uh, some shitty news. Well, wait, no, let's go to the positive news still, too, with this. There's more and more people that are buying uh, out theaters for uh, inner city youth to go see this. Yes. I find that amazing. I do, too. And I actually had had a discussion with Connor about this because, luckily, he, the way he's been raised, it, he doesn't... He doesn't understand... That there are kids out there who have different lives than him because he has a lot of friends who are black, but they all were they all were raised in the same neighborhood and they live in fucking the suburbs of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Which, if anyone anybody's ever been to Grand Rapids, Michigan, like there are there is shit that happens here, but it's not an overly scary city. Like there's not a lot of bad stuff that happens in this city. Like, I don't ever worry about my kid running around outside by himself and stuff like that. Um, so he asked me why such the big deal over the Black Panther movie. So I had to explain to him, well, you know, you have a lot of superheroes that look like you. And it, they're very prevalent and they're super available. And there are people out there who do not have that. And it's important that kids have role models that are very good for them. And if they don't have access to it, then what good is it? So it is important, I think. Kids in inner cities who don't have a lot of opportunities still need people to look up to, even if they're not real people. So. So 
with that being said, the negative then is some alt-right assholes mm. who are planning on flooding all the reviews with negativeness. Not even going to see in the movie. Just straight out trying to ruin the Rotten Tomato score to hopefully get other people not to go see it, which, sorry, you're, you're that's not going to happen. Work. I'm the, like, this is, I'm most thrilled to look forward to this than almost some of the other I ones. I know, I'm very excited. And the soundtrack to this movie is going to be amazing. I'm just, every time I see that trailer, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And, like, T'Challa is one of the coolest written heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, what he has to do, I mean, he's he's a good Namor, because Namor is just a dick, but he, but you can sometimes understand that he's always protecting his, his world. Right. So is Black Panther. He's right. always got to protect Wakanda. And just how they always made Wakanda the most technologically advanced, like city in the jungle. nation in the well in the world. <laughs> yeah, like you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, it's so different. Um, I don't. Know, it's there's so much good about the book. Um, and as you were saying, two positive role mm-hmm. models. Yep. But this is just uncalled for. I know Facebook deleted has been deleting groups of them that have been chatting about it. Yeah. Um, which is great on their part to do. But this just... It's totally... Like, literally, alt-right writers... I know you don't listen to our podcast, hopefully. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, don't you have better things to do? Like, seriously. Everybody has better things to do than this. Everybody. Even if you have nothing to do, that's still better things to do than this. I just... I, I don't get it. But... I'm glad, I guess, I don't get it. And it's two more weeks until it's out. And I'm actually sad that I need to get tickets, and I don't think I'm going to get tickets yeah. to the first opening day like oh. I normally do because yeah. I think it's sold out, which is it's gonna awesome. Make, it's going to make a shit ton of mo- yeah. money. I hope so. It looks amazing. Okay, so going on to some positive news. Yeah. I really don't have much else. <laughs> uh, yeah, me neither. This is a light week for news, which is fine because, like I said, most of our news lately has been movie news and spoilers in movies and how this movie is going to suck. So the fact that nothing like that came out this week, I'm fine with. Han Solo is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> more and more hearing about some things. But we won't even get into that because no. we've talked about it enough. Yep. Um, all right, so let's just get into uh, Booze in a Book. Uh, booze in a Book this week is GLA Doom Patrol Special number one. And I have to say, when I was reading this, because looking forward to this Milkman Man and, and what all this is going to be, I thought it'd be an easy, you know, slide it on in and just get into this world. No. No, yeah. you really need to know these characters. Um the JLA, uh, I kind of know some of them, but a lot of these characters were no one that I've really recognized in comics before. But then Doom Patrol, I thought they would take a little bit more time to explain who these people were. And you saw some, there was really good dialogue and interactions with the people in the book, which is great if you know who they are, that that helps continue who they are mm-hmm. and their personalities. But I, I was kind of lost. And what I was really lost, which I didn't know was a big deal, is the people in Doom Patrol know that they're in a comic book. 
and when it can be done well in certain books, such as Deadpool, Deadpool. and everything. Yeah. This, it felt really weird. It didn't feel f- refreshing. It was kind of like WTF. And then the the bad corporation of retcon, mm. which I was... That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so for me, <laughs> as a new reader, I thought it was hilarious. Is it just for this book? And then I'm starting to realize it's more of Doom Patrol's bad guys. Right. Okay. That's funny. If this is kind of what that book is about. But I had no inkling knowing that going into this. And there, I felt there should have been a little bit more. Um, Cave Johnson showed up towards the end because there's going to be that um, crossover coming up soon. I think it's him and Swap Thing. So there's four other books, I believe, five in total, that's going to kind of follow this story of the homogenized world, which they did. They said homogenized way too much. Yeah. Like they ch- kept trying to put in milk shit. Yeah. Which it, it just wasn't needed. But you had this Milkman Man in, who was based off of Superman because you see Retcon created... It's Earth Prime, which is also interesting that they would call it Earth Prime because that's the one world where you know superheroes don't really exist. And how they're trying to sell this world to some aliens. And to make that happen, they're going to pretty much brainwash people and how they're going to brainwash them is through the milkman so Mm. in this one town they started the test subject and they had milkman man delivering the milk which then made people just be happy and like pleasantville ish right and that's kind of part of the plot within the plot because then there's other plots that i'm like i have no fun there was a scene where these cows showed up and like kill the person and stole the wife cows yeah like cows that had like ray guns it was weird there's so much weird shit going on in this book that art is amazing there were some really good um pages that had like two people like kind of talking at once and like the the same moment like talking about what's going on i just wish i knew a little bit more of these characters to see where it's going because i was very lost however it was a good book and there's only one type of drink that i thought could be paired with this, which is a milk stout. Mm, that makes sense. And then there's many different milk stouts, mm-hmm. and one that came to mind from Revolution Brewing, Very Mad Cow. <laughs> Primarily because the one scene with the cows stuck out so badly that I was like, what the fuck's going on? But I loved it, and it was amazing. Revolution Brewing is also an awesome beer company who does all kinds of fucking awesome comic book themed beers. So if you haven't checked them out, definitely do that. They always have awesome beer at C2E2. I will say, well, I will say this too, and I, I kind of messed up when um, briefly talking about it. A lot of in here, uh, this book goes into origins, and they're explaining how there's always this hero. Um, type and Superman being the most um, honorable of them because then they started kind of briefly talking about and they even talked about Wonder Woman Bat- Batman in this world they know that those are real creatures real people because retcon obviously is an interesting group yeah bad I, guys I like that concept of it for sure yeah and so with just knowing the origins of things it was it's like this page too, where 
one of the girls is realizing, you know, comic books. Is, but I was also... I have that comic book, the Omega Men comic book. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the first appearance of Lobo. But yeah, when they're trying to explain that, you know, Milkman Man was, was created, he, you know, he doesn't really have a, a story. And the reason why he was created was because they couldn't corrupt Superman enough, so they had to take his DNA and put it in something else uh, and make it, which was interesting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in this book that I didn't think I would ever know or care about or or whatever, but I just thought it was going to be a fun, silly book. Oh, here's the, the cows. Oh, my God. They look like something out of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Oh, man. So I'm like, what's going on with these cows? But, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So that's that. That's that. I think that is that for this podcast. Yeah. Before we just sit here and stare at each other for five minutes in silence. <laughs> that's a way to, that's a choice. You got any Phoenix words of wisdom to leave us on? No. <laughs> You're really not good at that. I know. I'm terrible at wisdom. I almost want to do like a, a Yoda-ism of... Life and death. <laughs> there is no in between. There's no limbo. Is that your Yoda voice? Oh, that was my that was my Phoenix voice. That's how the Phoenix sounds. Now I have to go back and reread the comic book. <laughs> oh, stay thirsty for next week's episode. It'll be a doozy. Yeah. <laughs>